You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. Computers don't make errors. What they do, they do on purpose. By now, your name and particulars have been fed into every laptop, desktop, mainframe, and supermarket scanner that collectively make up the global information conspiracy, otherwise known as the beast. I killed eight gophers last year, and a purebred Tennessee walking horse that was looking at me funny. Pocket sand! Trick or drink! Trick or treat! Boo! I am a high-priced Washington lobbyist peddling influence. Who wants candy? Rematch? I thought we agreed never to discuss the horrors that we saw on the killing fields of the Fun Center. Hank, you have bully-ragged this production and stifled my creativity from day one. It is now day two. I quit. Steve Jobs is dead. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and on that note, welcome to this week's edition of the Couch Potatoes. You heard what I said. <laughs> brought to you, edited on a Mac, and brought to you by a guy that uses an iPhone and an Apple Watch. I'm Alex Morrison. I have no problem with people that use the product. <laughs> you just have a problem with the product. I have the problem with the man that made the goddamn product. Well, I- the man's dead. Good. Good. I hope they buried him deep in a coffin that fails after three updates. <laughs> that has to be probably one of the best well-timed jokes you've actually laid out in a minute. Like I don't know why that that just that hit in such a perfect way. I'm in that bullying mode, man. I'm you just, are. I'm just, oh God, it feels good. You, you were you were telling me a little bit about that earlier, so we'll put a pin in it because I feel like that'll be a uh, drinking uh, conversation as well. Yeah, get some alcohol. I mean, let me tell you about bullying. Oh yeah, yeah, you well, skinny fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but to carry on that tradition, I might as well make some fucking intro music at this point, with it being such an ongoing segment of us trying odd and bizarre alcoholic beverages, which I now have one of those for our news segment as well. Uh, but this one comes courtesy of Dustin once again we are back to our hard mountain dews and this one is just watermelon flavor hell yeah and now I will say uh, out of all the ones that we've tried so far this is the one I'm most curious and interested about yeah because uh, the only watermelon mountain dew I've ever had was that sergeant melon and I only had like a little bit of it mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of like watermelon like sodas yeah I'm not a fan of watermelon sodas either but I like the sour watermelon warhead ghost yeah, energy that, drinks. That's, that's, that's your kid being like, take the worst thing and put it in your fucking mouth. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Why do we love sour things? Our body literally tenses up when we eat sour things as a reflex. Mm-hmm. Like, stop doing that. But give me more. <laughs> I have more. Fuck it. Did you like sour candies as a kid? I liked the warheads. Oh, yeah. That was it. But I didn't like sour gummies. I didn't like the sour like gummy bears, so, you know, sour patch kids or stuff like that. I didn't like those. I liked the warheads. Oh, I liked Warheads, but you didn't even like the Sour Patch Kids? No, they just weren't. They didn't. 
I'm not a big like gummy candy guy. You know no. what I'm saying? Like 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 uh Haribo gummy bears and stuff like that. And that's what it just was. It just fruit candies like the Welsh's like every every kid in my class had like a little uh fruit fruit candy like uh, gushers, fruit by the foot. Not a fan, dude. Not a fan of those either. It I'll just take a pack of M&Ms. Yeah, <laughs> not even even a fan of M and M's. Sacrilege, I know, especially in the South, to say you're not a fan of M and M's, much less peanut M and M's, much less folks, saying I don't want America, much less not saying I don't want to put fucking peanuts in my Coca Cola before I drink it either. I bet you don't like RC to Moon Pie either. You commie fuck. I don't fucking like RC. So yeah, you're right. And Moon Pie just tastes like fucking chemicals. I don't like moon pies. I will say that's a hot yeah. take for me. But like, <laughs> I don't like moon pies. You're like hot take for me. I don't. I don't prefer moon pies. I don't, well, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead before we go down a tangent of uh, uh, snack treats. Which the 50 things I don't like with Chris. The uh, 20 minute every episode thing will go down. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, to loosen up and lube up that conversation some, let's we'll go ahead and crack into this and see how it is. Of course, our uh, obligatory can crack. Mm. Ooh yeah, taste the beast. <laughs> the smell is not off-putting. I'm actually semi-excited for this one. I like like this, chemical. This seems good. Okay, it's not. I was trying to like pour it gently as if it was gonna uh, over fizz like an actual soda. <laughs> I will say, but that Jack Daniels and Coke really was really good. Like, that I, even even like after the fact, I started thinking about it more and was just like that. That was really tasty. All right, man. Cheers. Jim, Jim. See how this is. I can taste the alcohol in this one better. Oh, uh, yeah. This is my favorite so far. It's not bad. It reminds me of like a really expensive soda. Mm-hmm. Like a really like a Jones soda or like that's I, ex- that's or an ex- IBC. You hit the nail on the head with Jones, man. That tastes like a Jones soda that we tossed a little bit of like fucking vodka in or something. Yeah. It's that shit you buy from Harris Teeter. Yeah, and yeah, I, I buy a lot of shit from Harris Theater, so. <laughs> but you know, the bougie grocery store. The one yeah. you have to go out of town with. But like, that, it tastes like uh, it tastes like, like an artisanal soda. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, uh, you ever had IBC Black Cherry? I've had Black Cherry sodas. I don't know if I've had that brand before. IBC is known for making like root beer, but they make a a, cheer, a, a cherry soda that's better than cheer wine. We call it Black Cherry Soda. And it's I always, might it's, have it's had always, it. They always, hey, they always sell in glass. They don't sell in plastic. Yeah. You can only buy it in six packs. Kind of like um, those cream sodas I buy when we go to Mikey's sometimes. Only in glass. And I worked at Bali back in 2008, man. That's all I would buy. I'd buy a six really? pack of that and drink one at break and then take them home. I've never worked at a grocery store. Do you get a discount on groceries if you work at the grocery store? I didn't. Really? Fuck no, my manager hated me. But but is it a general thing where you do get a discount on groceries? Nope. No, I pay full price. We get access to like like manufacturers coupons like a motherfucker, but uh, okay. that's if you work the register though, because some people were like, I don't want those and they're just like, Okay, I'll just put them in a box over here and I'll take them home. But like no, we do not get a discount. Food like it, it's on the business end too. Like so, like a food line might do it, right? But like a Bilo I was working at won't fucking do it. Harris Teeter might do it, you know, because right. they they pay their employees more. Target does, I know. Um, really, Target does. Yeah, I know a few Target employees that got like a special discount, uh, but they couldn't get discounts in their departments. Um, like you couldn't get some guy in electronics, you know. Getting, yeah, getting the I, fucking PlayStation game at 10% off. Yeah, I would imagine so. And plus, I would also guess that if you uh, did have a, an employee discount, it would not be like 20%, especially if you worked in the fucking electronics department. Yeah, but, but you know, uh, things changed. I could be wrong about it now, but 
I never got one. I never got a discount anywhere I went except for this little mom and pop shop I was going. They're like, hey, you know, you can get anything on the shelf you want as long as you eat it in the store or right. you drink it in the store. Like, you can get all the fountain drink you want. You can get snacks if you want snacks. You, know, you just you, can't take it home. You just can't take it home. And then, like, inventory month came around where we were just like, all right, all this candy's bad. Put it in a, bu- put it in a uh, bucket. Well, hey, what's that bucket for? Whatever you want to take home, whatever you can carry out the store, man, it's yours. And I will say, my uh, my severance package working at this little mom and pop gas station was you could take anything that's not nailed down. Uh, damn. <laughs> so uh, I took, uh, you know what, you ever heard of a case knife? Uh, it's a brand of knife, a brand of pocket knife, case. Very mm-hmm. expensive brand of knife. I got one for my dad. It was in a case, and no one ever bought these knives. A case knife in the case? Yep. And they're very expensive. They're like $23 for like a little one. So like they up to like fifty to seventy five dollars. I'm like, could I have that? And the boss is like, boss's wife is like, yeah, I don't care. I can't do nothing with it because <laughs> they're selling the store off. You know. They're, oh, okay. they're I was to, about to ask if they, they were just liquidating. They were, they were liquidating everything, and like, I like uh, that Napa tool set you got here. Yep, that was one of them. Damn, one, All of, right. one of three. So like, and that's a full like car work set. So like, I got that. I think I took um, I took a shelving unit home. Like just so put it in a building. Shit. Yeah. Took a bookcase home. I don't have it anymore, but it was a good bookcase. Man, I keep going back to that drink. That drink is really good. Yeah, it tastes like a, it tastes like an expensive soda. Yeah, I dig that. Yeah, like the alcohol, you could taste kind of like out the gate, but after it sits in your mouth a little bit, you can't taste it anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, to work backward from our trail, uh, talking about a mom and pop store actually kind of reminded me. I don't think that I like any of those Hostess, Little Debbie, sweet snacks. The Mr. Freshly's and stuff like that? Outside of, like, the honey buns. Yeah. The honey buns are pretty good. Slap that bitch in the microwave for, like, 10 seconds. You're golden. I think uh, the honey bun is, like, universal, though. Like, it's it's the standard pastry. That and the Nutty Buddies. The wafer with the peanut butter covered in chocolate. Yeah, every, every brand makes their own. Those are the only two I like, but Moon Pies, Crunch Cookies. I do not like a Star Crunch. No. That's a weird fucking cookie. I will say, I used to love that shit like a motherfucker when I was a kid. Well, uh, you know that one guy that's on TikTok, uh, the, the black guy, the, the president of Secret Food? Yes, Jordan. So he made he did a whole video series about those, uh, and he was talking about the brownies from Little Debbie. And the Cosmic Brownies. Well, hold on. You had the brownie, and then you had the Cosmic Brownie. Do you know what's different about those than the other ones? What? The ones we had as kids had natural cocoa powder in them. Those do not. Those have a chocolate syrup in them, and that's why they don't taste like they used to when we were kids. That's why it tastes like plastic. Yes, because it's chocolate syrup. Now, there's nothing wrong with chocolate syrup, but it's not cocoa powder. And There's something wrong with it if it tastes like that. But yeah, like <laughs> he's like, first of all, the... That's the difference. That was the difference between the original two. It was like the Cosmic has these sprinkles on it. No, the one has higher concentrate of chocolate powder in them. And he, I do love this guy. He does do some great stuff. He does stuff. really. I yeah. write down his recipes in my recipe book, so I don't have to break. It, so I don't have to have the internet to look up his shit. Because I like a. I used to we. I took foods class a lot in high school, and she would do that. She would take. She would find those secret menu items back in 2007 when it was really hard, and she showed us how to make all the hell the, yeah. the Cheddar Bay biscuits from Red Lobster. Oh. I used to make those from scratch all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So fuck that box shit. <laughs> nah. And fuck the actual restaurant. Yeah, fuck the restaurant. But like, I could get shrimp for days. Oh yeah, at my house, it'd be way fucking I just got me a shrimp bowl. I just got me a shrimp bowler pot oh, for free nice. with a receiver. Two re- a double receiver. I sent you a picture. Yeah, yeah. I got a old school 
early 80s tape deck receiver with two speakers and a subwoofer. All one piece, a wood paneling, glass cover. I got all that. It's a little, you know, it's a little rap shack, but it still looks good. Yeah. And it works. That's awesome. Then I got a receiver on top of that one that's like a, a Okinawa brand, like an old Japanese one. Damn. I was just like, fuck, Alex, you should have held out, man. I was, <laughs> six months, I would have had you one, man. <laughs> fuck. I'll trade. But uh, all I need to do is like, so I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to buy a third-party record player because uh, the cool thing about these receivers is, and what people really don't realize is when you get those old receivers, they have AC power outs on the back. So you can just plug it into there instead of a, like into the... I've got a couple good recommendations for you. Yeah. On so that, I'm just, sure. just going to grab me a little third-party record player to set on top because it has space for it on top. I'm going to put the receiver, the second receiver to the TV in the living room, go buy some uh, box speakers that can fit on the television. Hell yeah, brother. You're going to be you're gonna be rolling in the music. Yep. Love it. No, but but seriously, is there any of those little like snack cakes that you actually like? Cuz to me they all just taste plasticky. <laughs> An old-fashioned oatmeal cookie was always good for me. Yeah. I grew up with those or a fudge round or something like that. Mm-hmm. But as I get older, it's few and far between like a, a nutty bar I would get at work. Yeah. I got to spend the buck 19 and get one. Mm. And Honestly, there's no difference between you know the brands on that. All the brands are pretty much the same, like uh, Mr. Fresh Lee's or Little Debbie. They're all the same. Yeah. But you know the the Cosmic Brownie, man. I remember that one was the shit. Oh yeah. Because it was always in the kids' cuisines. I will take the Cosmic out of your brownie, motherfucker. That was a threat. Yeah. That was a real threat. Yeah, the, like the they do have a uh, mass chemical taste, like, yeah. like a mass production chemical taste. But that's just going to happen when something gets popular. It's going to change up just a little bit, but. All of them, like, I'm, it's hit or miss, man. I could take it or leave it, honestly. Yeah, I'm, like I said, outside of like the Nutty Buddy bars and the Honey Buns, I, I just couldn't care less. But if I'm, you know, if I'm staying up till the break of fucking dawn, I've got like three hours of sleep in me. I stop in a QT or Sheets. I'm getting me a Danish, man. <laughs> just, oh yeah, I'm the get, Danish I'm is rock. The big, right there next to the uh, the, the uh, Mexican uh, Goya foods and shit mm-hmm. like that. Oh yeah, that's, that's a go-to. Oh but yeah, that's a, that's a different kind of product. I think it's yeah. So when you were talking about having to like stay up super late and everything, you 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 were teasing this in the car. You you are turning into a work bully. Yes, <laughs> and you're rather proud of it with that uh, shit-eating grin on your face. I forgot how natural it came. <laughs> like it's one of those things. Like you remember, like you were good at one thing as a kid, and you're just like, ah, you know, I grew out of it. You know, yeah. I was like, I was good at you know, drawing tattoos on my fucking hand, and I'm just like, now I got tattoos. So I don't need to do it no more. Yeah, and it's just like, you know just do these things and then then you realize yeah you can still do it okay, i still got it i can just dust that shit off <laughs> well it started like when i was at my buddy's house i talked about it last podcast we were watching that like fucking my 600 pound life yeah and i was just ragging on this goddamn television show and just being an asshole because i, I smoked a blunt before then and i'm just like this is why i didn't smoke weed in high school because it, it would have been worse See, and that's so surprising uh, on you. It's like, again, everyone's body is different. Yeah. You know, the way that alcohol is going to hit you is going to be different than the way it hits me than it would, you know, my girl Damn in the other good. room. See, right? <clears throat> but so it's like, you know, it, it hits everyone differently. So, you know, weed hits everyone differently, too. But I've not heard or met anyone that 
feels more aggressive after they smoke. That's why it's so odd. It's like I've heard different variations of chill, tired, anxiety, hunger, you know, or relaxed and happy. I've heard so many of that. I've never heard I get angry when I smoke. It's because of the lack of substance abuse I did as a child. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I didn't have substance abuse either. But I'm it's a lack of different drugs I've took. Like yeah. I took medical grade drugs for a long time. That's true. But like I've never been one to dabble in alcohol as young as 16. You know, I didn't do that. You know, I didn't smoke weed until I was, you know, 20 something. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't smoke cigarettes growing up. I didn't right. do tobacco. So, like, I was constantly fucking sober all the time, every time. Mm-hmm. And I was able to catch myself in situations. This is why I don't talk to people when I first meet them because I need to, I need to look at them and see what they're about. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, feel I, them out. Yeah. Uh, it's like when I went to Brad's for the first time, I didn't say a fucking word to nobody. <laughs> No, but I didn't talk to anybody. You had to read the room. You got to read the room. You don't. You don't. Are you you're talking Mike, to Mikey? Talk, talking to Dante and Mikey. You know, read the room. Read the room, motherfucker. Like, you know, this is why I don't do stand up because I can't sniff that shit out. Uh-huh. Like mm, that one. That one doesn't like abortion jokes. Can't do that. <laughs> if you uh, if you listen to our something good for you episode I did with Mikey, um, we were talking about uh, the stand up that he did, uh, the open mic night that he did that I showed up at. And uh, if if you guys haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. Uh, it's a really funny story. But no, just um, he 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 definitely learned a valuable lesson that evening of read the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you know, you, you can't, and you know. I respect those guys for doing that kind of shit. That, that's, oh yeah, that's, you know, you're, it's brave, it truly is. I will not do that. Stunning and brave. Stunning and brave. You know, um, <laughs> Mikey, tough, you're stunning and brave. Dante, tough. you're beautiful. What do you call it? Faulty tough and the crazy brave. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, man. I just I, I started smoking just a little bit more casually lately, just because I'm working all the time. I don't have time to do anything when I get home. I go to sleep. I wake up. Go to work. Yeah. So. With that, I got to figure out a way to relax very quickly because what I'll do is I'll get off work and have the second wind mm-hmm. and not go to sleep for eight hours. And if I can't do that, I'm not doing anything for those eight hours because I'm trying to sleep. Yep. And you don't want to get hooked on painkillers no. or sleeping pills or yeah. anything like but that. But even, even marijuana, I don't want to get like hooked on the feeling of being high. Hooked on a feeling. Yeah. So when I do it, it does make me more aggressive toward other people mm-hmm. and I, don't, I noticed that like the first time i ever did it like when i started uh, uh the first time i ever did it was i hanging out with this uh, guy with a moniker redneck and he brought in some mason jars and a homemade decanter that was turned into a water bong and it was a hookah bong yeah but it was a water bong it was a but it was a decanter if you've ever seen a decanter it's got big base at the bottom we had rubber hoses coming out of the motherfucker and he's just like hit this and i just took the biggest fucking hit he's like you're good and then I, I exhale. You're cut off. I'm good. I just breathed out. Felt like fucking Gandalf and Lord of the Rings. And like <laughs> everything had like to it, like a shine to it uh-huh. after about 15 minutes. And then I realized I didn't like that feeling. Mm. I didn't like that relaxed feeling. I like being tense a little bit. <laughs> I think I, I think that's another thing probably like so weird about me is I like being anxious. I like being just at the edge of my fucking wits why i just, it's just it, i do everything in my power to make that go away no man i gotta have like gunshots in the background <laughs> you know people on the street walking by my car like i gotta have that just enough to keep me on edge because it makes me better i think i think it makes me perform better at work like if i got oh yeah. absolutely like i, I don't uh, well okay well there would be like a difference in a line between like being stupid Stoned off your ass mm. versus 
having a little smoke it's like it's like you know killing a fifth of whiskey every night or having a beer every night yeah you yeah, know there's, there's a little bit of difference and i'm all about all things in moderation you yeah know, th- this right here is not a big deal a little know? bit of crack is okay a little bit a little bit gets you going you know i joked with the girl last night and i'm just she's talking about getting having a drug test at work and i said hey as soon as they make heroin off that drug test i'm quitting i'm getting a different job <laughs> <laughs> and she just looked at me i'm like yep white people say this all the time uh, but I just I don't like that feeling uh, of not being sober. Right. It, it's it's uh, when I explain it to people, they look at me like I'm a fucking monster. Like, how are you facing the world sober, especially you, who has to deal with all this bullshit, like dying on the fucking operating table? I'm just like, it is what it is. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, I gotta face it. You know. Well, I think but also, I don't, not no, to get too deep on it though, but I think also those experiences in your life have kind of maybe reinforced the idea of. A lot more things in moderation and more sobriety than inebriation because you've already had so many brushes with it that you're just like, look, I'm not going to, you know, intentionally do more things that could put me back in the spot. And another thing I think people miss. Oh, shit. Kiss. Uh, (laughs) My posters are uh, falling. I tried decorating in here and I also tried putting stuff up with tape and I need to just realize that tape does not stick on these walls and that I just need to use thumbtacks for everything so sorry but but, um it's just you know i don't go after people who do drink or smoke or whatever you know whatever gets you through life gets you through life you know but i do agree with moderation yeah i need you functioning that's the problem like Mm -hmm. if if we were still living together and all of a sudden it was just like if you were high 24 7 and and you were like hey weren't you supposed to be at work today yeah Yeah, i was just like yeah i just don't want to in the middle of like lighting up again you'd be like you know, boss, I think you might have a bit of a problem here. Yeah. But, like, even <laughs> but considering I just, you know, declined a, you know, promotion at my job, I don't think my things but, are inhibiting me too much. Well, even with that, you know, marijuana is such on the low end. Oh, yeah. I disrespect people who smoke cigarettes. Mm. Those motherfuckers are wasting my goddamn time. I'd hate to think what you think of me for vaping. <laughs> well, vaping's different. You can do that shit inside. But like, if you're cracking up a fucking a pack of Marlboros every night, taking three minutes outside after every hour, yeah, I got a fucking problem with you. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll you, see that. like I, you, you can't function without nicotine in your fucking system. You have to go outside. Well, I can't, I can't out- function without nicotine in my system. Yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just getting it in a different way. Yeah, but like so the people, like oh, like back in 2008 when I was working, you know that that was a prevalent thing. Oh, he has, mm-hmm. he can have a smoke break. Can I get a fresh air break, motherfucker? I'm tired. Like, yeah. can I just take a breath of fresh fucking air? I pretended to smoke when I was a, when I was first working, just so I could get the two See, goddamn I wasn't, minutes. I wasn't that smart. I just started smoking. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, just, you're just standing around with an unlit cigarette in your head. No, no one fucking bothers you. <laughs> Um, I didn't think that far. My, 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 uh, 18, you created an addiction just, yes, to, just to my, take a break. My 18, 19 year old brain was just like, if you really want a break, you'll just start smoking. My 18 year old brain didn't, wasn't affected by the marijuana poisoning yet. Uh, mine wasn't either. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, I, I did not smoke any sort of marijuana until I was. Okay, correction. I had a hit when I was maybe. 20-ish, late 19, early 20, uh, but I didn't actually start ac- legit smoking until 23, 24. So no, I, I went in until my mid-20s for doing it. My, my first time, though, I don't know if I ever shared this on the podcast, um, first time was with an ex, and um, 
she was already smoking and I still hadn't. And it was mainly under the thing of like, I like to procrastinate. I'm kind of lazy. I didn't want something that was going to potentially make me more lazy and kind of like what you you kind of view cigarette smokers i kind of viewed pot smokers oh just a bunch of lazy hippies that are rotting their brains away yada 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 so finally she was like look i feel you i understand next time i come over i'm gonna bring my stuff to smoke with me it's like i don't i don't know she's like just smoke with me and you'll see it's not that big a deal i'm like all right fine that's how it starts it's just not a big deal it's it's not that big a deal just have one just one it's okay a little bit of johnny red eye would do you good (laughs) so we smoke and i didn't have a stupid name did it i don't remember I don't remember what the name was. If there was a name, I was high and with my girlfriend, and she was probably called Bruce Banner. I remember (laughs) the night so clearly because I like, (laughs) you know what? I could find the exact date that I smoked for the first time because that same evening. Danzig and Doyle were playing live at the Golden God Awards, and it was being streamed through Xbox. And the two of us were making sure we had that on streaming on the Xbox 360 because we wanted to see that reunion happen. So whatever night that was, was the very first night I ever smoked pot. So we did that about maybe 15 minutes later. I'm like, I don't I don't feel anything. She's like, really? I'm I'm already starting to feel it. Some like no, I'm 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 really not feeling anything. It's like okay, we'll pack another. She packed up another bowl. And we smoked that, and about maybe two puffs into that one, then I started feeling it. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm feeling a little lightheaded, a little tired, but this isn't too bad. I'm a little panicky, but I know I'm in control. I'm okay. And then she goes, well, I'm starting to get hungry. And now where where I lived, these apartments are no more. Uh, If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, it was down on Providence Road in this area uh, near the Cotswold Shopping Center. Uh, There's a Publix over there now, and that used to be my apartments. (laughs) So I lived right over there. And across the street is uh, the shopping center, I believe, called, uh, yeah, the Cotswold Shopping Center. And there is an IHOP over there. We were like, fuck it. Let's go get some food. I remember walking up to my door turning the handle and I blink and I'm sitting at IHOP (laughs) I order food I literally blink again and I'm in bed (laughs) it's funny that you can remember that day because I remember mine very well oh really mine was 10 years and one day anniversary of 9-11 2010 September 12th okay yeah 2011 September 12th I was in a trailer hanging out with this motherfucker smoking weed there you go folks a little bit of a stories of the jazz cabbage (laughs) and a little bit of preview as to uh, Chris's uh, bullying style uh, at his work oh I'm a goddamn kung fu master I'll verbally abuse the fuck out of you make you cry (laughs) make you clock out early (laughs) I I think he just did that anyway I don't think that was because of you oh god I fucking hope so I hope it was I hope it quits like I'm serious like like, I've never felt this good talking down to somebody in a very long time because he deserves it you know what I'm saying some people just deserve it like we talked about on the uh, this fucking guy was like talking about what kind of people did you bully unlike Dante I didn't bully women (laughs) but like because he bullied girls (laughs) easy targets 
no, I bullied people who made massive mistakes with their lives <laughs> and who, who, who bullied other people. Cigarette smokers and drug addicts. That's, that's my bread and fucking butter. <laughs> but enough of our jibber jabber. I think, it's about, I think it's about time for us to move on over to our news segment. Well, as you saw in the title of this episode, uh, there is some major news that we're going to cover a little bit later on, but that's going to be part of our main topic. Uh, But no, it would be a bit remiss to not mention that, at least at the top of the news segment. But before we start getting all sad and shit, it's time to dig into some fun shit, kind of to tie into the uh, hard Mountain Dew that we're currently taste testing and enjoying. There is going to be, yet again, another hard version of a popular corporate brand chris can you can you give any guesses as to what new spiked something is coming our way gatorade (laughs) that's a good one but no duck and donuts announces new spiked coffee and tea line is it like canned Yes. But say I can't go through a drive thru to get me a drink. No. Because I, I did that. You guys will hear me on the podcast, but on a couple other episodes, but I really yoked on those episodes because I took a double espresso shot iced coffee from a Dunkin'. Oh, shit. And I drank that whole goddamn thing right before we pressed record. <laughs> so Damn. It, was, it was a large, too. Oh, yeah. These, these are. These will fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even I'm, if it's like 5%, these things will fuck your shit up. Not I, the teas, but the six. coffees will. Yes. Yeah, six percent. Yeah, but if it's a coffee, it's gonna fuck your shit up. Oh yeah. But the teas, I don't think so. I think it's just gonna be like I tell you what, who I would love to get in the game of mixed drinks is Panera Bread. Ooh. Their charged lemonades will put you on the goddamn moon. That is a fact. I drank that shit for weeks working for Panera Bread, not realizing there's 330 gram, milligrams of caffeine in a m- medium-sized drink. And I was drinking iced larges with like the little ice, like an asshole. And I was just like, man, I'm really good at this fucking job. I'm just, I, I love the way that whole thing sounded, too, because you were like stuttering and just like, let me get my shit right. But no, if you go to Panera Bread, man, you're the charged lemonades are charged with a shit ton of caffeine. Oh, yeah. Because I remember, I remember when I did my interview, I, I, I clicked apply on Indeed. Two hours later, they called me and like, can you come down here? I'm like, yeah, I'll be right there. Took a shower, went down there. And they're like, hey, you going to do the interview? Are you thirsty? You want anything to drink? I'm like, what do you recommend? You know, because if you're going to food service, that's what you always say. Hey, what do you recommend? Let me, you know, let me test the waters on this food. And she brings me a charged green tea. And she's like, and she had been drinking a few of them, I could tell. <laughs> and I drank one. I was like, it's pretty good. And when I got back here, I'm just like, I want to clean the house. I'm going to do laundry. Uh, I'm going to get my mind right. I'm going to beat Mario again. There, there uh, was a day I came in and I was just like, it's, you, you cleaned up in here, man. Looks good. Yeah, yeah. Did, doing fucking push-ups on the goddamn stairs and shit. God, goddamn Luan with the fucking ADHD pills over here. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I remember the, the monologue she gave. She just like I cleaned uh, the house. I cooked the breakfast. I, 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 I cleaned the house. I cooked the brunch. I uh, did the laundry. Did the yard and ate the brunch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like they're playing that that jingle music. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like she's shaping the hedges and shit better than Hank would have. Oh yeah. Yeah. She. Uh, uh, that's that's what I love with Hank. He's like maybe we should rethink about this medication. <laughs> 
but yeah um i i definitely have a feeling though that um those are gonna be in our future fuck yeah <laughs> it's a perfect time for fall to have a nice spiked coffee beverage that's the only time i drink coffee is when we podcast yeah yeah i've noticed that like it's, but when i do it's always hey put two shots of espresso uh cream and sugar <laughs> and make it a large <laughs> and extra cream and sugar and extra cream and sugar <laughs> and make it a large iced coffee it's, like, it's the best four bucks i ever spent uh another fun piece of uh news uh, we've mentioned dropout a couple times here yeah. on the show i uh, definitely want to continually give these guys um the recognition and love they deserve especially because of this little piece of news which is dropout is back in production um sam rice uh, hopped on his twitter and made a really long post um paraphrasing some of these um paragraphs here it says as i've mentioned dropout is not associated with the amptp who negotiates on behalf of the majority of studios and streamers but truthfully there is no such thing as a struck company there are instead struck contracts and not struck contracts and he goes on to uh, explain that Dropout's contract, uh, the new media agreement for non-dramatic programming, was struck because it was not specifically on the list of non-struck contracts. And they're going to be paying their staff the uh, quoted amount that the strikers have been asking for. And then through that, they're allowed production. And I think it's honestly really cool because it shows Hollywood, hey, this can be done, now do it right. And they're allowing certain companies to do it as long as they're adhering to the contracts. Yeah. Dropout is always making content. Yeah. Always. And always will be until, you know, they get bought out. But with that being said, there's always back order stuff they're always making a big big example of dropout which i love and probably the only reason i got it to begin with was dimension 20 uh dimension 20 just launched as of august 9th a brand new dimension 20 DD series called mintopolis okay this is on the heels of three that came out this year oh wow when i got dropout two came out the whole year and we're not even done with the year yet no. so at the tail end of halloween there might be a fucking another one. So, Damn. Brendan Lee Mulligan is writing these storylines along with the guys who came out of, you know, uh, Critical critical Role and all mm -hmm. them. So, but he's added a guy that's kind of popular if you're on TikTok and Reels and stuff and Instagram is the, uh, basically the real um actually guy. Right. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he recently uh, came out and said he was uh, diagnosed with cancer recently, but he's, uh, he'll be appearing on the new Dimension 20 with Brendan Lee Mulligan. Um, if you guys get a chance, watch these series. It's basically Definitely. like watching a show, but it's all improv out the gate. You know, it's all fantasy stories in a D&D game. And there's also just tons of other content on the app. I mean, of course, Game, game Changer. Changer I'm uh, actually, I'm actually uh, the Noise Boys. Which is a, just a spinoff of Game Changer. They made another spinoff of Let It Play. Mm -hmm. they, they did a lot of spinoffs just off that game show itself, and it's so much fun. Like, uh, the we love the Survivor series. Yeah. But, oh. uh, but uh, <laughs> I, my favorite was the escape room. Like that was awesome because they got the Dimension Twenty, you know, Cybon Thompson and fucking yeah, Lou Wilson, and we saw that chaos come out immediately. As like, you want, you want bits, motherfucker. I'll give you bits. <laughs> you, you want clips for the show? I, I, I got, know it is. I gotta go. He just smashes the guitar. <laughs> 
And it's like this is how you wanted the series. Like that's reality TV. And, yeah. You know, I know there's a big worry out there because you know the whole union thing is still going on, and all you strike and everything. And what the big one of last time was in 2000, which was the Big Brother Survivor. All those reality shows that I'm just like we've already hit kind of we kind of hit the low bar already with TLC, so I can only imagine what kind of monstrosities is coming out of those channels. Well, you know what I think, I think we're in a little bit better hands this time around. Yeah, and the reason I say that is because, like you mentioned, um, the last time we had that major strike was. In the late 2000s. It wasn't quite the early 2000s. It was the late 2000s. The big one was the early 2000s when, when all those reality shows came out. The, the last one was the 2010, 2011. That's that's the main last one I was That's when a lot of bad movies came out. Yes. Uh, and a lot of TV shows were still affected. Like, they were still trying to push through without the writers. And I remember even, like, a few episodes of Rescue Me. Like, that, that was the ongoing joke of if, if there was a musical episode that was written during the, uh, the, actors, uh, the writer's strike. Um, but... I think we're in a little bit better hands this time around because even the early thousands one or the 2010s one, the internet, social media, and content creation was not like it is now. No, no. Um, Kevin Smith recently was approved uh, to s- start shooting his film because he's still considered an independent film artist because he's not under a major yeah. studio, um, and he's willing to pay the rates that everyone is claiming in the strike. Uh, so I feel like... In lieu of major production companies, say a Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, yeah. uh, a well, Fox isn't around anymore, a Paramount, an HBO, there's going to be more Kevin Smiths and dropouts and podcasts and couch brotatoes and more companies, smaller things, filling that void of the missing programming. And we could possibly see a new renaissance of creativity because, you know, someone does have to fill the gap. And if people aren't watching their, you know, regularly scheduled programming, well, they're going to surf a little bit more. They're going to search a little bit more. And there's a little bit of a higher chance for you to get recognized in this vacuum. So I just kind of honestly hope that there's a lot more independent stuff like a dropout and Kevin Smith that does some more shit during this time. Keep being creative, but just do it right. Yeah. um, I am kind of worried about some of the streaming services because I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a lot of trade offs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Disney's going to, you know, lease a lot of their products to Netflix. Uh, Netflix is going to get rid of some of theirs, or do what do what's called limited conditioning. Yeah, um, we talked about it before with HBO removing some of their content from Max. Netflix is starting to do it too. Yeah, so they're starting to like silently remove stuff. Yeah, like their originals. Yeah, so that's the problem I have with it. You know, that's one reason I have the streaming services so I can go back and watch the original content. If you're making original content, let me watch it. There's no reason it can't be on the server. But Netflix had actually changed. You know, about five years ago, they had changed their business operation to where if you don't make the top ten within a week, we're not renewing your contract which is part of the sag after problem because a lot of those contracts are three season write-ups yeah and if you don't get royalties after the third season or uh, before the third season so you have people writing all this content and not getting paid for it and seeing that that that's just such it's bullshit. Fucking dirty that's what it is uh and you know we we have left the cable generation kind of behind on that 
which is I kind of like because I can kind of pick who I want, which you couldn't do with satellite television. You know, they had packages, but you couldn't be like, hey, if I got rid of CMT, could I get VH1 Classic instead? You yeah, know what I'm saying? But, but, you couldn't but do at that. the same time, most of these networks and apps we're paying for, you know, we're, we're getting them so like what we can watch, you know, three shows on each one. Yeah, but then I can cancel it after I watch those shows. I That's can't do true. that with cable. Yeah. Cable, I, I'm, I'm locked in a package deal. You know, Spectrum, you can leave at any time, but still, I got to wait for you to come and get your shit off my house. You know, mm-hmm. I got to wait. I got to get somebody else to put their shit in my house. You know, the subscription service is super fucking convenient in that, like, hey, man, Paramount just said they're going to do a new, uh, a new ep- a season of South Park at two movies. I'm going to cut that on. We're gonna watch them. Then we'll fucking cancel it, and I'll come back later. Yeah, that's it. That's just how it works. And now there's fucking third party apps that just cancel it for you. Oh, I know. That's crazy. That's fucking awesome. You know that do the job for you. Like, hey, you got all those streaming apps. Which ones you would turn off this month? Well, I'm not watching this one. This one. This one. I'm. I can always watch YouTube. It's fucking free. <laughs> yeah, it's free. And then it's like, like I'm having that discussion at my house. You know, should we keep cable? I'm just like, what the fuck do we watch on cable? Nothing. Uh, the news. I'm just like, I have a phone. Yeah. I could get the news app literally for free on a Fire Stick or a Roku, like of my local channel, like my local news. Yep. Or I could get Peacock, which actually shows every fucking news channel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, or you could uh, get even something like Pluto. Yeah. Type in your zip code and it's going to pull up your local channels that way. You're golden. I can look at the weather in Los Angeles this morning. Yep. But I don't know, man. It's kind of a wait and see, just like everything else. Yeah. Uh, I am kind of excited about the weight though they've if with this weight on you know some marvel projects i think it'll give them the writers and guys that work in the cgi departments you know time hopefully to take a fucking breath <laughs> recharge recharge and you know, get back to the some of the really good writing they did you know yeah before this last phase those last few movies of the last one were still good you know oh yeah and then, then that's post end game stuff you know there was still good quality content you know loki is still a good series the oh, mandalorian yeah. is still a good series uh the uh the hawkeye series was good it is a high higher the highest rated disney show for marvel right now mm-hmm. yeah so like you have good people let's just put them where they need to be get get john favreau to head star wars for the rest <laughs> of the fucking time yeah you know, like you don't need Kathleen Kennedy to do it. No, and I, th- you know, I'm not blaming her for everything, but you have stacked that whole shit on her. It's called delegation of property, motherfucker. Get her to do the movies only, and yeah. then they would be good. Get John Favreau to do the live action television shows; those would be good. Hire James Gunn to do the animated shit. Yeah, fuck, I don't care. Somebody, <laughs> somebody good. Get Ryan Johnson. Let him have another crack at Star Wars since the last. Uh, since uh, I'd rather not. He was he was hamstringed by productions, mm. but he had a he he pushed ideas though. He pushed not good ideas. Well, they could have been good if they were kept going. They were, <laughs> they weren't half ass done. Like, hey, can you imagine Ryan his, Johnson? His idea was to make Luke a fucking burnout nobody. Because Luke is a burnout fucking nobody. He wasn't at the end of Return of the Jedi. He was going to be. No, he wasn't. He just won. He's the fucking king. 
He was going to burn his, the fuck out just the, like his daddy. That, that's my number one argument with the whole Ryan Johnson thing. Yes, he may have been pigeonholed into doing certain things. Uh, JJ supposedly did not share with him, you know, the script early enough. Uh, Ryan asked him to change the ending slightly, and he still disagreed. So, you know, yes, I do understand. Ryan did not have an absolutely fair shake to be able to tell the exact movie he wanted to tell. With that being said, the choices he did make within those boundaries, I thought were just very misguided. Like, you can have Luke, not to turn this into a Star Wars episode, but you can have Luke disenchanted with the idea. That's cool. You can you can have him look at the lightsaber, toss it over his shoulder, and be like, get out of here, kid. You know, Great, that's fine. But for him to deny it so hard so long only to come back because ghost yoda was like oh you're an idiot just like you were when you were a kid and he's like well what should i do and then just fucking you know force teleports himself and then fucking dies no I think that it, was all his choice he didn't have to make any of those choices the best thing rod johnson could have done and it would have made perfect sense is if yoda had come back as a ghost and said the jedi were dumb that also would have been that great. That would have been perfect. It would have pissed off so many fucking... But it goes back to what Kevin Smith said one time. You could have a million people watch your shit as long as 70,000 like it. I don't care. Yes. <laughs> just all I, need. I, need, I just need that many to like it. The rest could I could give a fuck about. <laughs> I just need them to like it. There's <laughs> a million. True. There's a billion Star Wars fans. You're not gonna make them all happy, but if you can get just enough of them to like it, it's fine. It becomes profitable. It becomes profitable, and that's the name of the game at the end of the day. Yeah, but, that's why but, I say like but, that. But uh, go back to news real quick about Star Wars. Uh, the Luke Skywalker impersonator. Have you heard about him? I have not. Uh, Fluke Skywalker. Uh, Fluke Skywalker. The guy that looks like Mark Hamill's older. Luke, okay, the guy who shows up at Comic Cons, L U U K E, yeah, from Sunday movies. But uh, he was the guy that dressed. Luke. He was the cosplayer that dressed up, dressed up like Luke Skywalker, the old Luke Skywalker, and okay. did all these charity things. And turns out he likes kids. Oh, oh, like the uh, main funder of uh, that one movie that came out recently, Sound of Freedom. Sound of Freedom yeah, but yeah, but like no, it turns out the guy who was really liked. And was doing all these charitable things and did kids. That's no fun. And uh, I feel bad for Mark Hamill now because he really pushed that guy forward through like charity organizations and shit. Because he did look like old Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Or, you remember the pictures of the yeah, cosplay? Yeah. And I was just like, God damn it. Damn. This, this is a this is another fucking Gary Glitter. It's <laughs> <laughs> out the gate. This, have is n- this is not rock and roll. I'm I'm just glad Mr. Rogers is still kind of safe on that end. Yeah. Uh, the worst thing he probably did was, you know, strangle some people in Vietnam. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but to uh, continue on with the news, uh, probably the last little piece of news before we move on to our main topic. Uh, South Park announced that they have a brand new video game coming out. It's yeah. going to be called South Park Snow Day in 3D. <laughs> yes, in 3D. Now they're not going with the traditional. Uh, TV show style artwork like they did with Fractured Butthole and um, Stick of Truth. Truth. Uh, This is straight 3D. Looks like those um, uh, what was it called? Like tunage action figures like those big vinyl figures. Mm -hmm. Looks like those brought to life. Um, 
but yeah, Snow Day. Uh, it's the whole premise of snow is coming down in South Park and the kids' imagination going wild, much yeah, like he's they still did. Dressed, he's, he's still dressed like the wizard from Stick of Truth. Cartman is. Uh, it has a 3D model look like the 64 games did, uh, Turkey Shoot, and I forget the other one. Uh, uh, the racing one. Yeah. Yeah, so those were the first like south park games yeah and then you had all these third party stuff to do it later on like character creator and stuff like that but uh, but yeah you, you brought that up uh, before we started the episode and yeah i did not connect the dots on that it really looks like the nintendo 64 games nintendo 64 game i think because the cartridge uh storage was so small they were able to get a lot of stuff in there yeah and it still looked fun. Like, Turkey Shoot was probably the one game I did play a lot on the 64 when I did go to friends' houses mm-hmm. because they all, everyone had it. Yeah. Everyone had that one game. And it was just like, it was like slapstick, you yeah. know, raunchy, you know. The worst word you hold on there was probably like ass or damn. It wasn't like the show, you know, where they're just feeding you shit. Um, Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker. Yeah. Like, it was, but what's funny is uh, when you sent that to me, I pulled up uh, my Steam account because I have both games on there. Yeah. Uh, Stick of Truth is about five and a half gigs. Mm-hmm. Guess how many gigs Fractured But Whole came out as? Uh, let's go 20. 25. 25? 25 gigs. And guess what? It's 25. That's a lot of gigs of information for a 2D game. But I will say, the amount of content is about the same. And I'm just thinking, like, how big is this game going to be now because it is 3D rendered? Yeah. And I'm like, this is going to be one of the 60 gig games, you know, from like PlayStation 4 era or the Xbox One uh, S. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised Trey Parker and Matt Stone are on it because I noticed something during the preview. It's not the same companies that made the last two games. Yep. Uh, Ubisoft is not in this one. Treyarch is not in this one. These are two different ones, and I think that's going to play a big hand in how good this game's going to be mm-hmm. and how quick. I think this is probably like a Paramount push. Mm. Like, hey, let's get this out. You know, we've been stalling long enough. We don't know how long this this fucking strike shit's going to last. So let's let's put this out because it's not part of SAG after a. Let's let's go ahead and get this out. And I think what's going to happen is that game's going to come out. It's not going to be half as fun as those last two. It just the trailer. I mean, I get it. There was no actual gameplay in the trailer. It was all pre-rendered stuff, or at least just what it seemed like. There may have been like a tiny glimpse of actual gameplay, but I don't know. It just I don't know if I like the 3D art style. Yeah. So like when you when you make two perfect games in 2D that make it feel like I'm watching a mini series of South Park. Like if I was watching all the movies at once and you knocked it out of the park, basically make a nine nine out of ten game. That's what it was. Those yeah. two games are nine out of ten for me. It's no Breath of the Wild because it's ten out of ten. Yeah. But, uh, but goddamn, dude, those games are – they have replay value. They have Easter eggs. The story's fun all the time. The jokes are fresh. You know, even if you play it five times, the jokes still come off as fresh. You're still going to be like, ha! Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be that South Park kind of thing. and. I just uh, I'm I'm skeptical on this one. Yeah, I'm not saying it's not gonna be good because if Trey Parker might someone put their name on it, it's very rare that it's bad. But yeah. you know, I'm kind of trepidatious. Is the word? <laughs> yeah, I am too. Um, cautiously optimistic, but yeah. um, no, I, I'm interested. It just it it just feels a little lifeless. And but like, um, and right now the video game market isn't really stacked right now. There's not a bunch of releases coming out that I know of just because E3 was a kind of a shit show. It was. Uh, Nintendo's kind of knocking it out of the park with the Game Boy game releases. You know, 
Oracle Ages, Oracle Seasons, we talked about it last time, just came out. And they also just put out Pokemon Stadium 2 yeah. on the 64 channel. Yeah, so they're always going to have content because they can backpedal like a motherfucker. So mm-hmm. if that, but what I'm thinking is they can do that with Pokemon Stadium. It's not going to be long before we get red, blue, and yellow. I'm hoping. Silver and gold. Crystal. All those. I'm hoping. Yeah. Because that'd be fun. I would love a wireless interaction to where, like, if I bring my Switch over and you're playing Pokemon Yellow and I'm playing Pokemon Blue, we could trade Pokemon. Yes. On a LAN network mm-hmm. or LAN. And basically, we'd probably just have to be connected to, like, same Wi Fi network. Yeah. That's, yeah. Just like basically like a LAN party. Like yeah. Just like, that would be fun. You know, that that would really bring it back. I would be like, I'm, I'm taking off. <laughs> hey, get your head. Where, where, did you did you get did you catch a Moltres motherfucker? I'm trying to catch them all. I'm coming over tonight. I'm trying to catch them all. Uh, so like it, it's wait and see. Wishful thinking. Yeah. And uh, how far? And, and right before we move on to the main topic, how far along are you on Breath of the Wild or uh, Tears of the Kingdom? Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I am at the last tail end. Mm. I am at the end of the story, and I'm holding on for dear life because I don't want to play the end because i don't want it to end like i'm I'm, I'm like story mode because i know how these games are what's the story mode ends it puts you back in a spot where you're just like fuck i just gotta do it all over again it is and i hate that man yeah i got i'm trying to collect everything i'm being that one gamer you know trying to get all the everything everything of everything and then i know around the corner they're going to come out with a dlc for it a master's championship mode which is going to be which i'm going to buy because it's worth it the well, la- well sometime next month i'm definitely looking for a full review from y'all and it will make it a full fistful of quarters episode bring the switch well let me just pull out my switch real quick when i was here <laughs> this is where the fear set in Ah, well, without further ado, I guess it's time for us to move on into our main topic. Whoa, Dale, this bridge goes into Mexico. Whoops, did I make a wrong turn? All right, let me try to spin around. Nope. Not yet. Now? Nope. Oh, well, we're in Mexico. What are you going to do? Quit screwing around with my mower. You've got to be kidding. I don't kid about my mower. Now get inside and start massaging my wife. Hey, I know what's wrong with your truck. It's your quote-unquote pollution controls. I heard on talk radio you don't even need them. They're just an egghead government plot. How is cutting down on pollution a government plot, Dale? Open up your eyes, man. They're trying to control global warming. Get it? Global. So what? That's code for UN commissars telling Americans what temperature it's going to be in our outdoors. I say let the world warm up. See what Boutros Boutros golly golly thinks about that. We'll grow oranges in Alaska. Dale, you giblet head. We live in Texas. It's already 110 in the summer, and if it gets one degree hotter, I'm going to kick your ass. What are you asking Bill for? The army destroyed all his brain cells with their deadly placebo drug. No wonder he's an ignoranus. What did you say? Ignoranus. It means stupid, you moron. Dale, you said placebo. Yeah, I read it in Bill's file. That was the name of the drug they gave him. Placebo. I think it's made by Pfizer. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. This... This literally was like a topic I thought we were never going to cover. Uh, but unfortunately, Johnny Hardwick, voice of Dale Gribble, um, has passed away. Uh, 
uh, Mike Judge, co-creator of King of the Hill and voice of Hank Hill, tells TMZ, I am deeply saddened by the loss of my friend Johnny Hardwick. Uh, he was a great writer, actor, and comedian. Uh, he will be deeply missed. Um, so, figured today's episode could definitely hinge on some of our favorite Dale-centric stories in King of the Hill um, and also discuss how this could potentially affect the Hulu series coming up. Um, but first off, damn. yeah, I, that, That's all I can really say to that. It's just like, this was probably the first quote-unquote celebrity death this year that like actually kind of hit me some. Like, um, I, I think I said that a few episodes ago, but like this one hit a little more like when I read it, it was like, what? No, 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 no way. Cause I read it in our discord. That was the first place I saw it. And I was like, someone didn't fucking do their research. Did the search on Google. I was like, no fucking way. And like my immediate first thought was what happens to the Hulu series now? Yeah. Uh- I didn't really think too much about the Hulu series because I'm just assuming like a lot of that stuff's probably pre-recorded, right? And a lot of it's going to be drawn out. A lot of it's storyboarded to begin with before the final product, and so they storyboard, then script write, and then do rescript and you know re re-recordings after the art is done. Yeah. So I I didn't really worry about the reboot so much as holy shit Johnny Hardwick wasn't that old. He wasn't. He was in his sixties. Yeah. Like he wasn't that old. Now, in this uh, TMZ article, it says uh, he was also listed as returning for a revival of the show, although it's unclear if he ever recorded any voice lines for it. Yeah. So, with that, I, th- I think they can make it work. There's a lot of you know technology out there. We've seen it. We've talked about it before on stuff we love. You know, especially like the Star Wars stuff. You know, they they redid lines for certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of things. You know, technology has come around good enough to redo it i think we'll hear like a little crackle here and there of maybe like we know it's not we we're going to go in knowing it's probably not johnny hardwick well so that leads in the question so what what do you think they're going to do i think they'll ai it do you think that's the right move it's about the only move they got left unless you want to find an impersonator you can't if you want to pull some shit like they did with justin roiland or uh unknown henson because those guys ruined their fucking careers yeah uh yeah get someone else to do it but for us it's not going to sound the same no like unknown henson played early kyler on squidbillies they replaced him with someone else who doesn't sound exactly anything like him uh solar opposites justice Rowland. guess what he did two like two or three of the voices guess what he got replaced but, yeah but with solar opposites they kind of wrote in why his voice changed yeah it was like is, some uh ray or yeah, like it, he got shot with something and solar opposites is one of those shows that is just batshit funny that yeah it can work yeah uh i think they'll have to ai it or find someone who can do the impression perfect because we have heard people that do impressions and some of them are fucking spot on yeah um and then some of them are us yeah <laughs> but like you got the real peter griffin you know the, the big fat man who does yeah. sound like seth uh, seth mcfarland's yeah. peter griffin uh do you think that see this is the problem this is one of those problems i never brought up when it came to reboots especially with futurama let's say you announce it let's say let's say futurama was going to come out next year instead of this year mm-hmm. john dimaggio's dead mm. let's say that you still going to keep going you still going to come out there and say hey we're going to say that one of the biggest voice actors we got is dead katie seagal let's say she died yeah you can't 
Like these are pivotal people. Mike Judge does enough of the voices that if he was to die, the reboot would just be canceled. Yeah. We have one down. If anything bad happens, this is going to be a one shot in the dark. We're done. 70s show was lucky. They're live action, and we don't have to bring the whole fucking cast back. Yeah, because that is also focused on the new crew primarily. But, you know, one line of dialogue can explain why one character is, hey, where's Hyde? Oh, he's on a bus ride somewhere. Yeah. Forever. (laughs) Uh, But, like, with voice acting, it is kind of hard. You can replace some people. You know, you you can do it. But with a series like King of the Hill, it's like replacing Bart Simpson's voice. That's what I was going to say. I 100% agree with you. In animation, there's a lot that can be done. And that, you know, can be swapped out. I think King of the Hill, by its nature of the show, lends itself to that being more difficult. I almost equate that to... I know this may sound like a stretch, but it's just the first thing I think of looking at the stuff around the room. I kind of equate that to Eric Singer wearing Peter Chris's makeup or Tommy Thayer wearing Ace's makeup. You create such a connection with these people because they're creating that symbiotic relationship. I feed into you, you feed into me. King of the Hill didn't set itself up to be like a family guy where the jokes are kind of laughable and interchangeable where it's like i've seen so many youtube clips of like people mixing up the cutaway clips and it not changing the flow of an episode where it's like all these jokes can just be swapped around king of the hill had a narrative you fell in love with the family. You felt like these neighbors were your neighbors. Yeah. You know, where you some of you some extended family you get to see once a week. You know, especially with Del Gribble. Like Del Gribble tells the first joke of the soap. You remember what the joke was? I know what's wrong with it. It's a Ford. You know what they say Ford stands for, don't you? It stands for fix it again, Tony. <laughs> You're thinking of a Fiat, Dale. Fix it again. Perfect fucking joke. Yep. Is Dale fucking Grill. Johnny Hardwick is the pilot jokester on the goddamn show, and he's one of the core four. You can't play the game without the four people, and Mike Judge is two of them. So, <laughs> ooh, what if Dale actually died? Mm. And this was the reason for Bobby to come back home. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, if you're telling me you're, you're going to kill dale gribble before you kill john rickhorn or there's a mystery oh yeah like he's out and about somewhere or, or it's like no one's heard from dale he's been in his basement the whole time he's locked himself, <laughs> he locked himself in there he's been living all fucking jerpster and mountain dew oh and breakfast bars <laughs> and his in his lifetime supply of fucking cigarettes that that would be funny that'd be like a callback you know like yeah a good that'd be a good episode of hey dale hasn't been seen in like a week but like <sighs> Well, so so my big drawn out thing talking about you know them being like almost like extended relatives swapping out a voice would just be like you know if all of a sudden i was just like hey chris you, we gonna podcast tonight and you're like yeah man and all of a sudden like you know your dad shows up and i'm like are you alex yeah i was like hey mm-hmm. uh mr morrison um where's chris He's none like, of your, none, of your, none of your goddamn business. I'm Morrison. Yeah, none of your goddamn business. Yeah, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> that'd be, that'd probably be a <laughs> it would be a little weird. And I kind of equate using an AI voice or a sound alike 
being like that like are we gonna talk to a robot like it I feels think, so i think it's gonna be kind of a wait and see kind of situation because this is gonna be the first aspect of something we're we're both excited to see it yeah and right really excited to see it since the first announcement of last year early last year uh so with that being said it's a wait and see kind of thing this is you know we've seen glimpses of this kind of shit going on especially with you know older actors who are playing themselves as younger states you know we we've delved in that kind of thing let's uh, let's make you know kirk douglas look young in ant-man you know make harrison ford look young in indiana jones but you know let's let's see what we can do let's ai the shit out of princess leia at the tail end of rogue one okay and tarkin throughout the whole movie yeah and you know tarkin and that looked okay. It like it sounded okay because yeah. it, it's still that that voice. Alec Guinness's voice in the animated show that sounded like Alec Guinness. You know, Darth Vader. You know, these are the examples we know. I think we're Luke. Gonna, yeah, we're going to have to apply those to this. Uh, but but until like I said, until we see it, until we hear it, it's kind of a hope kind of situation. Like I hope it sounds good. I hope I hope they do plenty of jokes you know mike judge you know still the writer at the end of the day and he's still got probably a good group of people behind him i think they'll have to make adjustments over time production wise but if it sounds good they'll keep it going wasn't hardwick though like one of the executive producers and like co-writers of the show as well i think he directed quite a few episodes too yeah but, uh, i think he was so it one, almost I feels like part of the creative heart of the yeah. show won't be involved either yeah. but it's also like you know steven root if he, something was to happen to him he's the dotrief uh the bulldozer yeah so all the other actors from what i understand are still alive yeah steven root's voice has changed he's gotten so old you know he's old you know well they are supposed to play older versions of themselves yeah. too so yeah. that should also at least help though so i could see them doing an ai version of this or bring in someone in that could do the cadence because that's another part is you is have that to, cadence you have to get that voice hank that it's that, that weird monotone draw yeah but it's also the inflection at the end mm-hmm. hank <laughs> hank like the, the, the desperation in the voice because that's his second best friend yeah well peggy's my best friend bobby mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about dale boomer they're just my friends. Those <laughs> motherfuckers get drunk in the alley. Before your mom. <laughs> no. um, it kind of made me reevaluate because I haven't watched King of the Hill in so long since we did the uh, trivia thing. Yeah. I haven't really sat down and watched a full episode in a very long time. But I do. like It's like the Bible. You remember like the back of your hand. But I was thinking about the best of and like there was a YouTube video that was out for years uh, made by that guy Ken on uh, YouTube kin of and it was just like Dale Gibbles would been right the whole time and mm-hmm. it was just a fucking series of all the stuff he talked about and it's like yep Dale was right the whole fucking time <laughs> <laughs> and one of the articles I read um, as we kind of talk about like our favorite little King of the Hill moments uh, something you mentioned earlier with Dale's first line it feels like we're actually talking about a real person but still it's like you know with ta- Dale's first line in the show Hank's first response was, damn it, Dale. And in the article I read, it was really poetic and really nice. And it's something I'd never really considered. They were basically saying, you know, um, Dale may have been, you know, a little nutty. He may have been, you know, off the wall, this, that, and the other. And he may have caused a lot of strife in the neighborhood and specifically to Hank. 
but you knew that every time Hank uttered the words, damn it, Dale, he was already forgiven. Yeah. And it was just like, damn, that, that was it, like that was the way it ended, like the way the article ended. I wouldn't be surprised if the first episode is dedicated to Johnny Hardwick or the whole series. Yeah. Um, you know, just going into it, but I'm still going to be excited to see it. You know, I hope they bring I hope the AI guys are good enough. I hope who are, if they decide not to go that path and get an impersonator, I hope they're good enough. What if they just don't include them? That's going to be up there with those things I'm not going to like very quickly. That's one of those things where I'm just like half-assed watching it. Well, see, but that's what makes me worried, though. We're not going to have Luann. We're not going to have Lucky. Yeah. And now we're potentially, because we don't know, it's all figuring it out, we have a potential to not have Dale. Yeah. And at that point, that's what makes me really worried. Like, should they just go ahead and like take the hat off and be like you know what guys i don't think we need to do this yeah see like that's that's the problem with reboots man there's if you've ended it well you can stop you can bow out you you got the curtain call futurama that last go around perfect fucking ending king and so the, far it's been okay so far it's been, king of the hill great fucking ending the season before the finale of that 70s show was a good end yeah eric leaving for africa that yeah. was still a we'll good just pretend that was the last episode yeah but that 90s show was able to do a good job with it. You know, bring back Eric Foreman. Get your ass in the car. <laughs> but but it's also because with that 90s show in Futurama, you know, all your key players were still, still involved. Yeah. A lot of our key players aren't involved in King of the Hill anymore. It's, like, not, it's not just Luann. It's know, not just Bucky. We're, we're, or we're, Lucky, rather. We're in a very odd place when it comes to entertainment because long time ago people are in and out in entertainment you know when it came to movies you didn't have sequel threequels quadruple you know you didn't have you know whole runs of shows with the same people you know a great example of like some of the first like continuous telling stories was a show called the maltese falcon it's a radio oh, really? show yeah. they had to change out all the time because those people would die young there would be an accident or you know just general death and that was a radio show used based on hearing so if if your hero your maltese falcon was a different voice it might fuck it up for you yeah but guess what people understood you know but now we're so we're so in it you know it's just like i got nine fucking movies in a series i like there's another series that people like and they just did a whole new fucking movie of that and now i gotta wait an extra three years for a show i like on netflix and it's just like in three years, some of those motherfuckers might die. Like, shit happens, folks. Yeah. So, Stranger Things coming out is going to be weird because Millie Bobby Brown might be having a fucking baby around that time. So, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, one of the biggest jokes we made about Stranger Things that last season was, oh, boy. Uh, Will. Will. Who the fuck's bullying Will? Who the fuck bullied my... Dude, Built like my, a brick shit house. Dude, that dude will be stomping your fucking ass. That's a country boy can't survive. That that dude is going to stomp you to death. Try that in a small town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pull, pull some shit on Will. This guy's got PTSD like he was in fucking Vietnam, and you're going you're gonna to pour a milkshake on his fucking sister? Get the fuck out of here. You, know, you can hear the fucking drums in the background yeah. coming up. I was surprised John Carpenter didn't come out of the fucking closet. Doom, doom. Doom, doom. What's that? That's Will. The thing. The thing from the bottom, motherfucker. He's coming for your ass. 
but go back to Keegan Hill. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 hate, I hate to say it, but it's going to be have to wait and see thing. It is. I mean, yeah, so it, it, it really is just a wait and see, but unfortunately my gut reaction right now like if i were mike judge and i was in charge of this empire i as as much as it kind of sucks to say i would seriously consider just dropping the project yeah i don't know like there's no reason that he needs to like this is a nostalgia grab yeah that's all it is like as much as i want it to happen god so excited top three favorite shows not just animated shows shows coming from that kind of fan just don't you you were already gonna have to create a puzzle with some missing pieces but you know what you're an artist you can make it beautiful you're missing a big part of the centerpiece what he could have done what he could do now is cancel it and be like guys you know what I had this idea running around since probably season 10 Instead of a season, we're going to do a feature-length movie in theaters. Mm. Released by Paramount or Fox or whoever. I hope you guys enjoy. This is this is how the show, how I really wanted it to end. This is... And make a two-hour movie. A two-hour animated movie would really hit the spot for a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff we watch is probably an hour and ten, which is basically like two episodes. Yeah. So, like, the South Park movies are about an hour and ten, hour and twenty minutes. So... I could see a movie really being fitting instead of a series because a series, uh, a season's going to get picked at. You're going to have week in between each episode. That's really people are going to speak with nitpicking. You know, we're going to do it too. But a movie would really set the tone for how to end the show. Yeah. Uh, there was a joke seven seasons in a movie when it came to productions and stuff like that. Hey, if you make it to seven seasons, make a movie and finish it. You know, yeah. Um, Rescue Me, you had the perfect opportunity to make a movie. Yeah. It could have been a made-for-television movie, but it could have been could have been a, a finale worth an hour and a half, you know. And some so, shows do that. So what if they just shifted? What if they just shifted the narrative of the of the show? Because again, we we've not gotten any sort of plot synopsis. The only thing we've been told is that there's going to be a time jump where Bobby was going to be a young adult. That's all we were told. What if they went ninety show territory? And focused on Bobby, maybe Connie and Joseph, with like a couple new friends that they've made along the way, and kind of focused on their young adulthood lives. And we actually just kind of get a cameo from Hank as like a phone call, like how we'd see his mom every so often through would, a phone I would, call. I would be more accepting of that than them trying to do this series with all the missing pieces. Yeah. Uh, there are some ideas I don't like because the characters are so minor for bringing them back. I, I, I said it before, a one line of dialogue could have kind of explained Lucky and Luann and their daughter. Hey, they moved to a place of their own. Yeah. They made, they struck out, you know, Luann made a great idea and paid for her house and sold it because Lucky slipped off some fucking <laughs> peanut oil and the goddamn quickie. And, <laughs> and guess what? They got a settlement, paid off their house, sold the house and moved somewhere better. Somewhere right you know on their own because Luann's that person Luann's a, a female Hank Hill at the end of the day she's tough so yeah her and Lucky took off and did their own thing Bobby comes back from whatever success he's doing with Connie Joseph quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> Arlen's native son uh, 
John records dead, died in a plowing accident. Now, now is part of our problem the fact that we kind of want the perfect lives yes. for these characters? Yes. Yep, we cannot have strife in this perfect story we've been told. Well, because because yes, it ended on a very beautiful note, but we know that Tom life losing his mind at the grill shit. <laughs> but but it's like you know. We know that life doesn't roll like that. No. You know, there's you, you, you get the beautiful crescendo, but you know, sometimes a month later the Jaws music comes back. Yeah. So it's like, you know, who knows what kinda happened and maybe that's why I wasn't so quick to maybe discredit the idea of Bobby had a failed comedy yeah. career and that's maybe why he has to move back home. I didn't immediately shudder at the idea of that because well, there's a lot of comedy to be had in there. A young adult having to live with old parents back in their hometown again. But, you know, as long as it's not played up where Bobby is depressed and down and out and, like, can't function, as long as he sees this as a, ne- a necessary setback, I feel that there's a way they could still make that work, especially with society looking at living with your parents not being such a taboo anymore. I think... I think it would set back the tone of the original series because the tone of the original series was things work out at the end. And well, things will work out again. Yeah. But but sometimes we have to be kicked back a couple pegs for things to work out even better. Yeah. But I think with the writing of Bobby Hill, Mm -hmm. as as much of a a nuanced character that he is to have him fail at something like that, I think would, would change the tone of the character in a negative way. I think that for me, it would be a very negative way because we have that we have that one episode where he tries out a weird version of comedy <laughs> and it kicks him in the fucking nuts. But, Mikey, read the room. Yeah, but like, <laughs> uh, but like that that is, you know, that's already happened in an episode and people have already said, you know, yeah, because he's a kid, he can work it back, you know. I think when you're trying to tell the story, even a story as nebulous as, you know, King of the Hill, you can fuck up the tone of the whole series now by doing something like that. Like I, I you be, can. It would be a unique episode of him failing, but this is the son of Hank Hill. Well, so <laughs> we we wouldn't see the failure. Yeah. It would maybe kick in you know classical little guitar you know slides in on the house you see old hank and peggy you know maybe they make some sort of comment about you know it's it's so nice being able to finally have the place to ourselves you know oh there's ladybird you know shit like that ladybird's Bird, still kicking no ladybird's dead okay. <laughs> ladybird's still kicking no, he ain't gonna have a 30 year old goddamn dog <laughs> it's hank you know he's kept that dog alive so, uh, fun fact that about, has been a huge debate on Reddit. Fun fact about uh, bloodhounds: they don't live that fucking long, especially full-blooded Texas. It's goddamn world. fantasy. <laughs> okay, fantasy. Um, well, AI the dog. AI the dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a robot dog. Yeah, so does. Mark, Mark. Uh, turns out Hank's Urethra just started working when Bobby left the house. Now Peggy's pregnant. Oh, that would have been funny as shit because now, because everybody forgets, Hank and Peggy fucked every day. <laughs> that is a theory I have. Because they raw dogged every day. Because like, he could. Because Jimmy Carter does the same thing. <laughs> he's 98 years old. <laughs> but, but, but like, just imagine, so they're, they're chilling. He's having his morning coffee. You know, Peggy serves him some breakfast and everything. And here comes Bobby in a t-shirt and a, a fucking tidy whities well, well, not even just that, but it's just like... <laughs> phone rings. It's like, yeah, because we still have a fucking landline. Uh-huh, exactly. 
Hill residents. Oh, hey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, all right, then. And you two click. And not say a word to Peggy. Nope. And <laughs> sits back down. Well, Hank, uh, who was that, honey? Oh, it's Bobby. He's moving back in. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> it's like, I feel like that would be a perfect King of the Hill intro. <laughs> so it's like, we don't have to see the failure. He could come back and he could even kind of like brush it away. Where he's like, eh, you know, it yeah. wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And maybe he has like a heart to heart with Joseph. Maybe he hadn't seen Joseph since he moved. Has a heart to heart with him. And that's when we find out. But then Joseph immediately flips it around. He's like, oh, but like, dude, you're like back in town. We gotta like go do the other things. And then it flips around. So it's like we get the reasoning, we understand, but it's not holding old Bobby down. It's not holding the mush down. You can't build it up, but you can't break it down either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't remember which episode we recorded. I think it was the season three episode when we were talking about uh King of the Hill season three, where we talked about what ifs. Yeah. And I talked about that one where uh, Peggy accidentally killed Nancy in a fantasy episode. <laughs> I would love one of those episodes. So someone dies out the gate. I, I would just assume Bobby. Dale. Still, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, there you go. There's your. I would just assume. No, I wanted to be like someone like Nancy, someone that's hateable. Uh, well, okay. Same scenario. John Redcorn. Okay. Same opening. <laughs> Slide in on the house. Oh, good morning, Peg. Hi, good morning, Hank. Handsomest cup of coffee. Sitting there. Yeah, me, me and old Bill. We we're playing, doing yada yada. Looks over there, big mushroom cloud coming from Dale's place. Boom, 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 boom. And it immediately cuts to the funeral. Where where the uh, where the pastor's talking about is it. like, unfortunately, due to a we mixture of <laughs> we are gathered here to honor the uh, the the memory of Dale Alvin Gribble, <laughs> beloved friend, beloved father. Yeah, father. Uh, <laughs> was it okay? But, okay, if we're just writing episodes now, so the pastor's the only you know, beloved husband. Uh, shows Nancy. Says beloved father, shows John Redcorn. <laughs> <laughs> if, all right, let's say let's say let's say Mike Judge decides to get rid of Dale. A whole episode, don't acknowledge it. Start a new episode. Bobby comes back or whatever. Let's do the whole episode. Credits roll. Let's do a let's do a post credit scene. This whole time we don't know where Dale is at. We get one line of dollars from Joseph. No, he went out. He went out to. Uh, the Colorado Valley to look for uh, to the U- the Ufon convention, which is out in the fucking valleys, out in the desert to look at the stars. Because we had an episode like that. Whole time Joseph just says, "Yeah, that's where Dad's at. Dad's out there." And your dad's still chasing. Your dad's still chasing aliens, huh? He's like always, you know. But you know the real Bobby, you know, just you know, yeah, sprinkle yeah, that yeah, into yeah. Joseph because that's yep. just like a post credit scene. Everyone's camped out, packing up. Dale's the last one standing, and he gets took. That's how you fucking end it. That's how you fucking end Dale Gribble. He gets took by aliens, and it's not. It's 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 within that realm of fucking hilarity. And at the end of it, in memory of Johnny Hardwood. Thank you, Mike Judge. I'll take my royalty check now. Mike, drop. You're you're welcome. Because you know what? They can even stage it without him having having to make a voice. Maybe have someone just do a grunt. One one line of dialogue. 
Well, no, I was talking about yeah. no, no dialogue from Dale. Maybe yeah. like a grunt or a, huh? Him lighting a cigarette. Yeah, <laughs> they, they could pull like an old thing of like a, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it could just be a silent thing if, you know, you just see Dale just <sighs> packing up, looks out there one last time, pulls out that cigarette, lights it. You see him maybe take his sunglasses off because he's wearing them at night. Looks up at the stars and all of a sudden sees that light and is like, oh, you, you you see the light in his eyes come on is like, oh, and then yep gets taken out that that would be that's great. how I, that's how I do like a an opener for Johnny Hardwick that would be beautiful for Dale Alvin Gabriel well what are our, some of our favorite Dale moments God, there's so fucking many the first one that immediately comes to mind because it's still probably my favorite King of the Hill episode is a firefighting we go yeah Dale during that entire episode is an absolute tyrant and has some of the best lines period like when he's singing the fucking song plugging the fucking um light back in when they're playing with the busted ping pong ball after hank Are already you playing crushed with it. that busted ping pong ball <laughs> <laughs> like so many great moments his, from his, his, his uh one. his uh, fantasy belief of what he looks like with a full head of hair yes stacked like a motherfucker fucking strip the um screw on the uh fire hydrant which fucking caused uh um, yeah. bill to get water burns yeah he, he took the jaws of life to the goddamn yeah thing and cut the fire hydrant in half <laughs> well yeah that was the second thing he did because he was first rotating and all of a sudden it's like damn it dale you stripped the, the nut and then he starts hitting the top of it and he's just like i know he brings out the jaws of life no dale no <laughs> no 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 my favorite dale gribble moment. and i had to think about this on the drive up on the drive down is the Peggy episode where she figures out Dale's not Joseph's dad. He goes to tell him Bobby and Hank, Bobby and Joseph run up to him. Hey dad, dad, they're playing a movie at the, uh, at the, there, there's a movie. Can we get some money to go watch the movie? He's like, Oh man, he pulls out his wallet. He's got two fives. He's like, Oh man, here you go. I got $5. Like, thanks dad. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, wait, wait, hold on. I think I found something. Can't watch movies without popcorn, mm-hmm. and throws him another five. I think that was the best moment of Dale Gribble. Uh, yeah, I, that one's hard to beat because Peggy shut the fuck up. Yep, Peggy decided right then and there. There is no John Rickorn. Who? Yep, John Rickorn. Who? That's Joseph's daddy. Mm-hmm. You might be his father, but I'm his daddy. <laughs> That's right. And I was thinking about that too. You know, we didn't have a lot of you know. A lot of shows don't do character-centric episodes till around season three and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we get a character-centric show on, the, on our side characters, they can't be hit or miss. But King of the Hill is one of those few shows that knocked it out of the park. A good example of this is uh, Rescue Me, mm-hmm. uh, their chief, uh, who'd had his own episode where he had to deal with the whole bartender from Boston. Yeah. That didn't come along until about season four. Mm-hmm. But within season one of King of the Hill, we know everything we need to know about Boomhauer. Yep. Dale, Bill, Hank. 100%. Bobby, Joseph, Peggy. You know, we know their backstory by the time this, the last episode airs of season one. Hey, what did Peggy use? She played softball. Okay, cool. That's all we needed to know. We, we'll expand on that later. Luann, where's Luann from? She's from a trailer park. And she home, does hair. She does hair. Oh, she doesn't quite do hair yet. Wants to do hair. Wants to do hair. But her house is upside down. <laughs> And Mama stabbed Daddy with a fork. I can't. I can't. Uncle Hank, I can't live in a house that's upside down. <laughs> Talk about Beth Luann lines. Oh, God. 
<laughs> and those up a Christian. <laughs> You can't tell me that's not the best Luann line. When the snake is coming toward her, it knows I'm a Christian. Uh, another fantastic Dale line. Uh, it was the one used in uh, our Discord. Attention all homosexuals and so-called bisexuals. <laughs> it's just like he drew a line in the sand. It's like you cannot be that. <laughs> you can be one or the other. You cannot be both. No, it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> but like when we talk about, when you talk about Dale Gribble, you he's such a nuanced character and if you think about it has probably the most exotic background of some of the characters because his dad is gay right up until that point when we find that out he just assumed his dad tried to steal his wife yeah his wife is oh honey no he's so good hearted he doesn't see his wife actively cheating on him He's not naive. He's just good-hearted. Do you think he genuinely didn't know? Yeah, I genuinely think he genuinely didn't. If you were to write it that he did know, that would be one of the most like story-shattering elements of it. Because we had talked about it when we did. I was our, gonna say, yeah, didn't we? We did. come up with this whole thing where he was just like, yeah, Hank, I know. I've always known, but you know what? Because I because I, I told Cap this. this yeah, yeah, Cap, yeah. That's Cap's what I like, thought. Cap's like, holy shit, that's fucked up. Because I remember what he said. He said because I, I just described like, yeah, Hank, I've always known, and the boys are playing in the background or something. He's like, yeah, Hank, I've always known, and I know you knew. But all John Redcorn is going to have is that over there, nothing. That's my boy, <laughs> and I'll have that forever. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest fuck you to John Redcorn you could ever do. Oh yeah, take his boy <laughs> the, the white man took it again no you can call the episode Indian giver oh John Redcord is probably the worst character in, in, in King of the Hill but one of the best actual uh, actors yeah, yeah he's, he's one of the best you know best best side characters you know because Dale Gribble's the main cast but he you know philosophically he is the worst oh yeah well I was talking about like the actor himself oh dude the actor himself is fucking fantastic yeah. he's part of Parks and Rec he's hilarious <laughs> Uh, he plays Ken Watote, and he does he does the whisper Watote. Uh, another great Dale moment I always think of is uh, when he thought he had rabies because of uh, the oh, raccoon yeah, that the, Bobby was fostering. What's the name of the raccoon? Fuck crackers. That'll be wrong. Uh, it was it was named after something he was eating in the garbage. No. Bandit. There you go. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I'll sit here. I was like, cracker. You want to do this shit again, motherfucker? I haven't watched it in two years. You want to play this game again, motherfucker? I, hey, I wasn't part of the trivia. I, I was know. the host. I know. God damn. Let's play this game again. <laughs> you can get Mikey as the host. Yeah. Battle the two of us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a bunch of great moments in that when he went feral and went into the woods. Uh, he was going to drain Hank's blood and then he's going to gain all the mal- all the knowledge of propane and propane accessories. Why? Because Dale is kind of fucking nuts. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Um, another one Another one for me was always the uh, when it came to Dale Gribble uh, his paranoia knows no bounds. Yep. But when he's at the community college spraying and they think he's going to kill himself because remember this is the lawnmower but the lawnmower episode is the Dell episode because this is the steel is lawnmower yeah that was the pocket he, yeah, no, he, no that wasn't pocket sand was it 
No, no, no that, that was, was a Mr. One. Big episode. Yep, Mr. Big. Uh, this is the episode where they steal his mower because he's first of all he borrows Hank's mower, fills it with Dr. Pepper, <laughs> and leaves it in the hood because remember Hank runs out the fucking uh, the uh, barber and he's like Hank. I'm not done. <laughs> He's like, oh my god! It gets a high and tight real quick, and then his fucking lawnmower is on fucking cinder blocks. And I still remember to this day. This is how much I love this show. Is I still remember all of it. He's like, hey, what's that noise? And you hear a mower coming up, and they do this, this shot, kind of like Rady Street's on a hill. Yeah. And over the hill, here comes on the horizon is Dale on the Mason 3500 codenamed the Redeemer at the Mason Mower Show. And like the he's, Redeemer. He's got, he's, he's just, because that's what they have. Dale Gribble is also the voice of the announcer at the football games. Johnny Harwalk's also, you know, Arlen High's number one son. And it's like, that's, that's him, you know. The racing announcer. And coming up on the other And, I just it's so funny because he's flaunting it in front of Hank and then it just ends with oh shit he's gone fucking nuts he's gonna shoot people <laughs> and it's Bill all the fucking payphone Hank someone's he's out here with a gun <laughs> eating a fucking hot dog Hank he's out here he's gonna shoot people <laughs> but look like, if you're gonna take me down I want Bobby to do it he'll yeah. take me down clean and he would because Bobby is a crack shot <laughs> that's another thing that's another one of those things you, if you was to, if we used to make get a whiteboard get rid of okay <laughs> but like if we got a whiteboard to put up on your on this in this room of qualities of bobby heel and then make like a trading card and play and put them up against other characters that would have been a fucking highlight for me because i would have been like uh bobby uses clean draw and kills you immediately <laughs> well we, we just need to do a king of the hill D D campaign Oof. You know what? Because it's a four-man team, it would be based on Edition 2 mm-hmm. D&D because uh, Edition 2 is based off the Golden Girls, <laughs> which is a four-man squad. So, yeah, I think you could. A Bill as your... Uh, Dale would be a rogue. Uh, Boomhauer would be a bard. Hank would be your warrior and leader. And... Bill Dotrieve, I guess, would be your tank, I guess. <laughs> the Bulldozer. The Bulldozer. He'd be uh, he'd be an orc warrior. But like uh, no, Hank would be a paladin, which is a knight for good. Mm. <laughs> that's that's exactly He's what, neutral even. <laughs> oh no, no, he's 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 uh a superior good. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what a paladin oh, is. Oh, okay, got it. So yeah, if you're doing the chart, the nine the nine way chart, I know I'm getting geek nerdy on this. No, but if I'm doing like the, the nine way chart of any show, chaotic this is neutral the show. chaotic neutral would be Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, chaos for the sake of chaos. Yeah, um, yeah. Chaotic, chaotic neutral would be um, would be Dale Gribble. But when he's up in the thing, you know, you, know, you take the clean shot. You know, lone gunman. And he points <laughs> and he shoots Hank. Hank goes down, and Dale's just, oh my god, Hank. Hey, I'm sorry. I don't want you to die for me. I'll, I'll take care of Peggy. I'll keep Bill away. I'll learn everything. I'll devote my life to propane. And it's like he just giving out everything to his buddy. And it's just like, you're wearing a vest? Yeah. Were you serious about the propane thing, though? <laughs> <laughs> perfect fucking Dale. That's, that, that's one of those things where it's like the perfect Dale and Hank. Yeah. Dale and Hank episodes are really good. This is no time for jokes, Boomhauer. This tornado's already classified at level two on the Fujisaki scale. A storm that strong will send an egg through a barn door. 
two barn doors if one of them's open. What would a level three do, Mr. Gribble? Level three will send an egg through a brick wall. Tornado chasers call it Humpty's Revenge. All right, Twister. It's just you and me now. Ten years ago, you took my shit. Did you think I'd forget that? Come on, bring it on! No, please, let me go! And see, and that's what just makes me so sad about this reboot, too, is because, like, you know, even if they were going to go the 90s show approach and primarily focus on Bobby, Connie, Joseph, and a couple new kids they've become friends with, and maybe the old crew just kind of pops in here and there, I still saw, a, like, you know, wrap up some scene, and then all of a sudden it just cuts to the alley. Yeah. I say, you know, it's going to be an alley scene. It's got to be. But how? That That's my thing is like, I, I don't that's expect the them question, to be man. the big focus of the show, but like, we have to have at least one alley scene. And that's, like, a, that's going to be the big question, man. Mm. That's the big question of 2023, man. Mm. How's it going to end? I think another uh, good Dale episode, though, would. Um, it's also another really good Hank episode. Uh, Hank losing his temper with the uh, the underground hole. Oh, he cuts Dale's finger off. Yes. I love it because... Hey, they, Hank, you're not cutting that right. You I, know you ought to use cut like this. Hank, you didn't measure right. Hey, hey we're going to do this and do that. <laughs> yep. What I love is there's... <laughs> I, I love this because today it's still... It, it's a functioning joke because it did age well enough. The cops assume... Hank and Dale are a gay couple and Hank cut off his gay lover's finger. Yes. The only thing that doesn't fit is the little cigarette holder on his wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so great. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> you were going to fill in our love, our, uh, our, uh, what's his love tube or community tube. I forget what anyway, it was. Anyway, he sounded gay as fuck. Yeah, the way he said and it was, it was like, 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 you were going to fill my hole with concrete so no one else could get in there. <laughs> and like, the cops are just like, yeah, it's a homosexual domestic disturbance. <laughs> I think the big one hurt the little one. He's like, it's all. Yes, I remember and, and that. Cop, and the cop says, it's always the pretty ones. <laughs> and I'm just like, that would have been an underlying joke in the whole series because it's always those two cops that those two cops were gay. That would because like they tried to do that with The Simpsons with Lenny and Carl. Lenny and Carl are actually yeah. gay and been together the whole time, <laughs> and they just never acknowledge it. Kind of like uh, Timmy and Jimmy are never acknowledged as you know special because yeah. they're just normal kids. <laughs> but that would have been the coolest underlying joke of just like these two cops have been gay the whole fucking time. That really would have been. But with that one is. That is such a nuanced episode too, because it's a it's a falsehood about Hank. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an anger problem. He has a problem with anger. Yeah, he's like these people just annoy the shit out of me. Or actually, no, to quote Hank, I don't have an anger problem. I have a problem with dumbasses. Yep. <laughs> um, another one I think was very good because uh, Janine Garofalo comes in and guest stars. I'm just pulling this from memory. Oh, I'm doing all that same yeah, too. Yeah, is a uh, Sheila the. Uh, yeah. yeah. The the female version of Dale Gribble. The female version of Dale Gribble and and Dale reveres her. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's like, no, she's the most Sheila Lipkin. That's her name. Yeah. Uh Hank, you don't understand. She's the premier pest pest controller in all of North Arlen County. Like she <laughs> is the best. He's like, fuck propane, motherfucker. This is what I talk about. Yeah. And he talk he reveres her. 
and to the point where like they start hanging out together to deal with a pigeon problem mm-hmm. that Dale all, caught. The, all the while nancy is smelling what she's putting down and just like dale is so oblivious to what's happening under his own house he's totally oblivious to the fact that this chick has come sheila's coming on to him sheila rifkin yes but i think exactly what you're saying what makes that such a good dale episode is his last bit of dialogue after he rejects her from the roof and he's just like i'm sorry i only have one girl and that's my wife you can leave now like that and like turns his back she leaves you know it's like give it up woman she's like you know turns to the bird i said i have a wife comes back home and she's i mean uh, um nancy's all sorts of distraught because she thinks he's going out to sleep with her and comes home and he's just like oh man what a long night we did this that and the other we tried to fight and this time barely went down did you know sheila was coming on to me just being straight up with her and she's like really he's just like yeah but i told her i had to go you had to go i had the best beautiful woman ever and just gives her this big old hug and kiss he's like all right i'm going to bed honey good night and just walks out and it's just like that was one of those moments that just really made me smile it's just like he took it as such a non-ordeal he's just like no i have a wife fuck you that gets back to what i was saying he's not naive he's just good-hearted yeah uh we've missed the best one stick tech stick tech and i could i could uh i could very much relate to this episode i was just about to say because if you give a modicum of power to somebody in a corporate office apathy becomes the way of the world <laughs> you uh, you basically became stick tech dale yeah, uh, when you worked for the solar company yeah because i didn't care about people's feelings anymore I did not I didn't care. I, I became blind to, with uh, with apathy. Like if you told me, oh, like, my car broke down, too fucking bad, get an Uber, you know. Or like if a customer called in, that's too bad. You should have fucking paid attention to the contract, you know. Like I became that guy, and that's what Dale became. He became the human resources guy for Stick Tech. And even what you're saying, talking about you know these episodes being so nuanced, it wasn't a simpsons or family guy thing of homer or peter have to find a new job they gave reasoning and they gave weight to everything that led up to it he's dealt with pesticides for so long without wearing a mask now it's killing him he doesn't need to breathe it in anymore but he has to make money to feed the family he's not finding jobs in the place that's interested in hiring him is making them have to change already. We don't wear hats at Stick Tech. Yeah, we don't wear sunglasses at Stick Tech. And you see him eating it and swallowing his pride because it's not explicitly stated. But the whole reason he's doing it is for Nancy and Joseph. Yeah. I it, have to support my family. And I do love, there's that one lot of dialogue. He's like, I got to support, I got to support us. And Nancy's like, I support us. <laughs> 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 she's a meteorologist <laughs> she's a weather girl but she's still a fucking meteorologist yeah uh but like i support it. <laughs> but she becomes and, very, and even she, if it's a self-imposed responsibility yeah. it's still a responsibility he's putting on and he, she and she becomes very proud of him because he works at stick tick yeah um because stick tick used to be stick tick's a 
she makes a joke of it. We used to be blah, 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 but that was before the yada yada. There was something that happened. We keep doing this this whole episode. I know. Fuck. There was something that happened and they had to rebrand. He's like, poisonous envelopes? She's like, no, she's like, no, you used to be able to wear hats back when we were Stick Co. We were Stick Co before it became Stick Tech. (laughs) Because they talked about... uh, how to how to wear yeah and he's like but we have casual fridays where you could wear jeans <laughs> <laughs> but but wasn't there a thing of like the uh the envelopes had like too much glue and they were toxic or something wasn't that yeah, part I think they, of I think it they mentioned that later on yeah because uh, lisa kudrow is a special guest on that episode mm-hmm. she's a friend of hank's that's what it was because she's a friend of hank and peggy's and she did him a solid by hiring dale yeah uh and dale dale's whole life goes upside down when he can't have a lunch he has to have a regular lunch. He can't have 12 square meals yeah. throughout the day. Uh, he's last in the carpool all the time, or first in the carpool all the time because he has the biggest car because he's got the van. Mm-hmm. He turns he turns on Joseph. <laughs> uh, and, and I don't care about these cockroaches. Any more than I care about you. <laughs> I'll fi- you won't be fired from this family. Dale, you're next, blondie. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he wields power like a monster. And he, it's such a fun episode because he has to go back to what he knows. Yep. Kill all the roaches. Because bringing that up, he's just like, well, Dad, the roaches are in your uh, uh, desk. He's like, fine. Oh, my God. We'll deal with the roaches. Opens up the thing. Where's the roaches? <laughs> yep. And they have infested the entire building. And the only person they can save the day is, of course, one Dale Gribble and killed them all without yeah. a single drop of poison. Yeah. Punched them, stabbed them, did a barrel roll. Yeah. <laughs> Tornado. <laughs> Goddamn Vince. And of course, uh, as you mentioned earlier, the Mr. Big episode with so many good moments of naivety from Dale not realizing that Hank was Mr. Big. It's where we get the uh, classic pocket sand moment. Um, probably my favorite moment from that episode isn't the pocket sand. And it's not even something Dale did. It's something Hank did. He turns to him. He's just like, Dale, we've had enough of this i am mr big he's like no you're not i am mr big (gasps) it's like just that slight voice change like barely like it was basically early hank i am mr big instead of the you know damn it dale yada yada he says i am mr big (gasps) how could you Yeah, and it kind of plays. It kind of plays also the other, uh, the other two, Boom Hauer and Bill, like how much of a linchpin he is to the show, um, because when we get like Bill episodes, and you know, every one of them have the potential to be like Hank Hill, they're all super handy. You know, they all, you know, they're 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 part of that generation of guys who grew up together and stayed friends together. You know, yeah, it's very rare, very fucking rare, um, and they're just. The super handy thing is kind of like a niche, but like it plays a lot into the show. And a mm-hmm. good example is this in the uh, where Gary Busey shows up as the new president of the gun club. Yes. And Dale <laughs> Dale lost the black vote and the gay vote 
Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> I still think yeah. that's the best joke. Where like, uh, another one, another I lost one. the gay vote. When, Dwight um, lost when, the black vote. When this is what I really relate to is the kidney episode because Dale only has one kidney. Uh, I relate to this because this is kind of like a niche subject for me because I was born with a bad one and I grew up with one. My funniest thing is when he woke up and found out he gave John Force, the race car driver, his kidney, he starts panicking. And there's an animation in there where he starts, hold him down, hold him down. And like the doctor says, Dale, Dale, Mr. Gribble. And they stab him with that shit in the ass. He's like, geek. Hey, that's like, that's so subtle and funny. It's just like, eh. <laughs> because it's a Beavis thing. It's, that's what that is. Be- he tar- his face contorts into Beavis' in face. <laughs> Gribble. And he just fucking stops. <laughs> Get him. Uh, but even that great ending to an episode even though Dale was still a little bit of an ass it's, it's about as sweet as Dale can get well, it turns out John Force didn't get his kidney it was a little boy yeah and uh, w- when that came to be because, well they lied to him and said that John Force was gonna get it and he was just like whoa and then later on he found out it was a kid he's like no kid's gonna get my liver and then he walks in sees the kid and he's like playing his Game Boy and everything takes his Game Boy to sucker because- yeah he's just like so you're the one that needs a kidney and like the kid's a little sad about it he's like yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be fine he's just like yeah I, I think it'll be just fine but I want that Game Boy. Let's <laughs> just start taking hey, everything from his fucking room. And this, he's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And growing up to somebody, you know, it was growing up to somebody who knew they were going to need a kidney one day. That's that was very visceral for me when I watched it. Because yeah. I was just like, is that is that similar to what happened? Like, I don't like. I'm not saying someone takes your shit, but like, it's it's very weird to see something part of yourself. I'm not bringing my comic books. Yeah, <laughs> but like, but what I'm thinking, like in my mind, I'm thinking like. It's not represented a lot in television. You know, representation is everything. You know, you want people to look like you on the screen. You don't want people to have the same problems as you on the screen. And that was not something that was very public. You know, something I never noticed on television until then. That that is a hey, guess what, guys? Dialysis does exist. It fucking sucks. You know, a kidney problem is a fucking real goddamn issue. But having it nuanced in that comedic way in a show I already liked was even better. Oh yeah, um, and. The way Dale is, you know, that's just one mother mark. That's just one other factoid about Dale that, oh, he has one kidney. And I love what he tells the kid. He's like, well, he likes to have a can of Mountain Dew before before bed. <laughs> like, don't, don't drink Mountain Dew. That's so bad for you. Especially right before bed. But yeah, you just, it's so much caffeine. It's so bad for you. Especially if you've got one kidney. But I think it's also safe to say that, like, none of these moments would have landed none of these moments would have been as funny if it hadn't been for johnny hardwick and his talent his voice the way he portrayed the character because we've we've seen many times where we'll watch an animated show and it's just the voice doesn't fit yeah you know it's like you know as much as i loved uh the new mario movie um i do not think that the senior toad uh the one that had like the um, older kind of features and everything talking about the map and um, Cranky Kong being voiced by uh, Greg Armisen. No, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. I don't think that fit either. Like his voice didn't fit the character. When you heard the voice, you didn't imagine that character. When you heard Johnny as Dale, you couldn't imagine anyone else 
playing that character. And I think another thing with that is, is like the way you can't picture it is because we we are lucky enough to see voice actors become real actors. Back in the day, voice actors are very specific. Like Bart Simpson, the actress that does Bart Simpson's voice, only does that voice acting. Tara Strong is not in a lot of actual stuff as she, she played herself. She does voice acting. Joe Dima, John DiMaggio, same way. These guys aren't in film and television except in voice acting. But when you start getting actors and actresses doing voice acting, it can take you out of it. You know, Mike Judge is not a very TV movie active person. No, he just basically does little cameos in his own movies. But he's also a big behind the camera guy. So, hey, Stephen Root, Stephen Root's a comedic man. He was in, you know, he was in television before King of the Hill, you know, as an actor. Mm -hmm. But having him do a voice was fun. Right. So when you hear Stephen Root's voice, you're either thinking, oh, that's Stephen Root or Bill Dotrieve, you know. And even someone like Tom Petty. Yeah. You know, he had such a interesting voice that it just, it still led itself to being a good character. I read that somewhere that when he did the voice of Lucky, he would always put something in his mouth. Yeah. And that was the way he did Lucky's voice. And I'm like, he would fucking do that. God damn it. <laughs> Tom Petty's the man. Uh, but, you know, going back to what you were talking about with, you know, Lucky, Luann, Dale, it's going to be hard going into but you know i hope it's good i do too i I hope i'm wrong about the negative parts of it i hope that i genuinely love it yeah because this is one of those weird moments like you had a perfect ending please don't fuck it up yeah and that's why i said almost at this point i'd be kind of okay if like in a few weeks mike judge went look after some drafting after some talking and some walking and thinking i i if if we were to do this i don't think we're gonna visit arlen yeah. if we do this bobby's not gonna live in arlen we're gonna focus on bobby's story the 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 cul-de-sac's done yeah like i, I would almost be okay with that um i would love it just for a weird reason that it would just t- piss off Hank that Bobby lives in McMainerberry. <laughs> just for, yes, but like he has to live there for like Connie's work or something. This button doesn't stick in McMainerberry. <laughs> I don't know why, but that line has stuck with me for years. Yeah, it's just—it's so funny because all the other towns in Texas are pretty much real that they go to but that right there was just like a stick of point was McManorberry is like Thatherton mm-hmm. you know it's that thing over there that we don't talk about it's the the anti-Arlen yeah uh, <laughs> um, but I think that would have been kind of a fun thing going into it uh, but you know I would love if they were to do something like that with Dale just you know a te- or the alien abduction no, that's what I'm saying. I like, like that. another thing I would love to, them to do something like that you know a good send off it is for a character who's been talking and talking and talking about it you know and now since we're getting slight confirmation that there may be some sort of extraterrestrial life non-human biologics <laughs> now's the perfect time to throw the little wink toward him wink and a nod yeah that's right 
Well, this has been another fantastic episode of the Couch Potatoes. If you want to join in on the conversation, make sure to click that link in the episode description and sign up for the Discord. Share your favorite Dale Gribble quotes or moments on YouTube, what have you. Uh, we're having a great time over there. And as Chris likes to mention, definitely check out the other shows on the network. We have a brand new show with Dante Carter and Mikey Black called This Fuggin' Guy. Uh, of course, we have the backlog episodes of No Time to Turn, the Kiss Nerd podcast. Got something good for you with Dave Weimer. And we've got Cryptic Conspiracy, Cult, and History. We forgot. Holy crap, it's a fucking network. I love it. <laughs> And, of course, we've got some merch available, too, if that is your style. And I really don't have much more to say for this episode. So, for this episode of the Couch Brotatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? Wingo, man. Yep. Yep. You're part of a 12-headed jackass! This course is the feces that is produced when shame eats too much stupidity! You people make me envy the deaf and the blind! Underwear! Money! Fat! You've been listening to the Something Good Network. If you liked what you heard, you can follow us on Instagram and check out the other great shows on the network. Link is in the episode description.